We're currently in a, a series on prayer. We're learning about not just what prayer is, but um, how to pray. Um, and we've been in Matthew chapter 6, uh, and more specifically in the Lord's Prayer. Now, in, in the Lord's Prayer that we've been going through, there are six requests that we make, six petitions that we make, and we're up to the last one today. Um, but the first three are to do with God, and the, first, the last three are things that we're asking for ourselves. So, um, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, and this is the middle part. Give us this day our daily bread. And then last week we did forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And um, you know, I had some pretty interesting feedback from last week's sermon. Some of you weren't too happy with it. But, you know, it's not my fault. <laughs> I didn't write the Bible, so, you know, you got a problem with uh, the Bible, then, you know, take it up with him. And we are in our uh, final request. Um, we still uh, will be preaching on, on prayer over the next few weeks as well, um, just letting you know. But we are in Matthew chapter 6, verse 13, and it reads this, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This prayer, uh, so we have prayer of provision, prayer of forgiveness, and then today is a prayer of protection. In 2015... Uh, 20% of all deaths accounted for. Uh, in 2015, something like 55 million people died. It's exciting. Welcome to church this morning. Hope you had a great week. 20% of those uh, 55 million, so 11 million people, died because of this. Diet. Right, not just donuts, yeah. <laughs> donuts are not the enemy, right? Had to do with diet and health, right? 11 million people, right? Now, the fellowship time question was, what's one thing you can't walk past without stopping? That's it for me. I cannot walk past a donut king without looking at and maybe purchasing and consuming a donut. Um, if, 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 if ever there was a time I needed a prayer of protection, that's when I need it. Why do we need protection? Right? If you remember um, a few weeks ago, I talked about every human need, right? Starts with this, our physiological need our security need, but we also have a need to be safe. We want to be safe. We want to be secure, and we want those around us to be safe. Now, supposedly in this country, um, many, many years ago, uh, I remember when, when I was in primary school, there would be some people that they didn't lock their front doors, Right? It's, it's, it's crazy to think that, right? Because now when you leave the house, you have to walk around and check every window and every door and make sure it's locked. But there was a time in this beautiful country that we live in where just, you could just leave doors open. But we, we just can't anymore. Why? Because 
It's not safe anymore. The problem is this. We want to be safe and we want to be secure, but the irony is that we cannot guarantee our safety and our security as much as you try, right? Like back in the day, once again, seatbelts were optional. It was like an accessory, you know? It's like you could, you didn't need to, you had to, right? Now, obviously, you do, right? And we know, we know that seatbelts save lives, right? It's amazing how uh, advancements in our technology have created somewhat of a safer place. And yet, I, I don't actually know if it's safer. Um, doesn't matter how careful we are, none of us can guarantee our own safety. When you become a parent, this is something that you learn very quickly, is that you want to keep your child as safe as possible, but the reality is you can't. Unless you're going to watch that kid 24-7, wrap them in bubble wrap, you know, and not let them go to school, not let them watch TV, not let them eat anything except organic avocados, you know, like... You cannot, it doesn't matter how good technology is, you cannot guarantee their safety. We cannot. The world we live in is not a safe world. The world we live in is filled with harmful things and harmful people. That's why we need to pray for protection. Because even though we cannot control the world we live in, when we invite God into our lives, we believe that He is in control. 2 Samuel 22, 3, 4. The God uh, of my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, and my refuge, my saviour, you save me from violence. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know if you have any enemies. I remember I was reading through the Psalms during my sabbatical, actually. And talks a lot. Of, there's a lot of prayers around God. Save me from my enemies. Save me from my enemies. And 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 I was reading, and I was I was asking myself, who are my enemies? Right? Who are my enemies? Who are the enemies in my mind? You know, that 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 I need salvation from. So I, so I, I literally I wrote down a piece of, on a piece of paper who I thought were my enemies. They were the people that were creating harm and stress for me. So I started wife. Right. Who creates, don't look at your wives. That's, you know, <laughs> marriage checkpoint conference is in three weeks, guys, okay? It's just an advertisement for that, right? Who am I anyway? Who are the people that cause me the most stress, right? And then I wrote, children. And I started writing them by name, right? All of them, right? Parking inspectors, you know? Just, who are my enemies, right? And it becomes interesting because you have to understand who your enemy is to know who you need protection from. And I believe in this prayer, in this one verse, Jesus actually tells us 
who we need protection from. And there are two groups. Number one, you. You need protection from yourself. First, first part, right? Lead us not into temptation. There are two types of trouble in this world, right? Trouble that comes to you because of an external person or circumstance. You're in the car, you're driving, bang, someone hits you. It's out of your control, right? Parking inspector gives you a ticket, right? Someone comes and wants to like fight you, right? These are external troubles that come to you. And then the other type of trouble is trouble you cause for yourself, right? Trouble that you cause for yourself. Now, I have five children. I sometimes wonder, which trouble is that? Was it external trouble or did I cause it myself? I blame my wife. <laughs> it's easy. Why do we need protection from ourselves? To simply put it, we are sinful human beings and left on our own because of our sinful nature. We make bad decisions that bring about pain and suffering for ourselves and those around us. To put it even more simpler, we are idiots. Now, some of you may be like, uh, not me. I'm like, idiot. We, we are, if, if you leave yourself to do what you want, what your desires tell you, it doesn't end well. It doesn't end well. Right? Our sinfulness, shush, our sinfulness and our selfishness gets us into trouble all the time. Now let's talk about the word temptation. The dictionary defines it as the desire to do something, especially wrong or unwise. The desire to do something, right? So it's not action, but it's the desire to do something, especially wrong or unwise. Have you ever noticed? Have you ever noticed that there's never a temptation to do good? There's never a point in your life where you walk past sumo salad and go, Ooh, should I? Hmm, shouldn't I? Ooh, maybe just, maybe because no one else knows, maybe I'll quietly go into the corner and eat my salad, right? Temptation is never something, a desire to do something good, right? right no one at night is going to be like, should I binge read three more chapters of my Bible tonight? You know? Should I, should I just get to the end of Psalms tonight? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to be super tired tomorrow morning. Is it going to be? It doesn't work like that. The temptation is a desire to do something especially wrong or unwise. In regard to Scripture, temptation is the desire to commit sin and to act unwisely. Now, before we move on, is temptation itself wrong or sin? The answer is no. To be tempted does not mean that you have sinned. It's the desire. It's because we're broken. It's because we're sinful inside of us, right? It's actually very natural to be tempted. 
But it's when we act upon that temptation, it can become a gateway to sin. James 1, 13 to 15. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. Temptation in itself, when I walk past Donut King, for me to go, hmm, Delicious smell is not, right? It's not the sin. It's when I go and go, hello, can I have 12 donuts? Thank you. You know, that's the sin. And then, you know, after you consume 12 donuts, then there's death, right? That's exactly, that's what the Bible tells us, right? Right? But we've got to understand, like, temptation is, may not be sin, but the acting on temptation that leads to sin is destructive. Sin is destructive. It can hurt us. It can hurt the people around us. And most importantly, it hurts God and our relationship with Him. The prayer, lead us not into temptation, is a prayer asking for protection from ourselves. From ourselves. God, protect me from me. Now, I don't know about you, and I think if we're real, which I will try to be, I am tempted all the time. Like the joke around being tempted by donuts is tip of the iceberg, right? And I'd love to say that I'm so holy that I can walk past every temptation, laugh in its face, and keep walking, but that does not happen at all. I'm tempted all the time. And sometimes I have the strength to walk away, and sometimes I do not. Our prayer is that God would lead us away. You know, sometimes we think, we ask the question, how close can we get to sin without sinning? And I think that's the wrong question. It's the wrong paradigm. I think it's the question, not how close can I get, but it's how far away can I get from even that temptation so I'm not even close to sinning? If I love my wife, it's not a question of how close can I get to another girl in, in my relationship with her without sinning or crossing that line. No, if I love my wife, it's how far away can I get from every other girl so that it doesn't even become an issue. That's our prayer. Lead us not into temptation. God, not just protect me, you know, <laughs> As I'm, as I'm sitting there with a donut in my hand, God, lead us, lead us away from temptation. No, it's God. Make me walk the long way around so I don't walk past it. God, close my eyes so I don't see things. Don't sit, don't sit in the middle of the pub and if you've got a problem with alcohol, God, lead us not into temptation. You know, the, the prayer is don't even walk in. But the beauty is this, God promises us that he is still in control. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. 
But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And I think that's something that for us to remember. When tempted, when tempted, God says there is always a way out. As much as we think, right? No, no, no. I, I was, the temptation was too big. You know, I was, I was not in control. Actually, Scripture says that God will always give you a way out. The problem is we don't take that way. It's not the problem that God did not give us a way out. The real issue is that we don't take it when it's there. But God is faithful. And Scripture tells us that He will provide a way out. Lord, lead us not into temptation. The second group that we are praying that we need protection from is evil. Deliver us from evil. Evil is defined as the opposite or absence of good. Moral, bad, cruel, wicked. Sorry, morally bad, cruel and wicked. If we're honest and we look at the world we live in, evil exists everywhere. Everywhere we look, evil exists And what we need to understand is that the Bible is very clear that our spiritual reality, not just our physical world, but our spiritual reality is that there is an enemy that exists to create chaos and destruction, and his name is Satan. Now, church doesn't really, we don't really talk about Satan much, right? But just because we don't talk about it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Just because we don't talk about it doesn't mean that the Bible doesn't talk about it. The Bible is very clear. Very clear that the devil or Satan exists. Actually, the word Satan means the word adversary, enemy. There is one that exists to be the enemy of God and the enemy of his people. Sometimes I wish this was some just myth or some fairy tale to, you know, make our kids brush their teeth. But that's, the Bible is so clear that the spiritual reality that we live in has an enemy that exists to destroy and create chaos in the world. There is a spiritual war between good and evil that we exist in. We see this all around the world. We see the destruction all around the world. We see this in wars, oppression, slavery, dysfunction, starvation. Jesus tells us in John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The reason why we pray for deliverance from evil, firstly, is because evil is real. Now, I know we don't like to talk about evil much because it does get a bit squirmy. It does feel a bit weird. But it's reality. It's reality. And the Bible speaks of it. But the second reason why we need to pray for deliverance is this. We cannot deliver ourselves. You cannot save yourself from evil. You cannot save yourself from the devil. 
It is a recognition of our own limited abilities. And it's a means for asking God to come, to step in, and to help us. Now, of course, there are things that we can do proactively to help guard ourselves from evil. But something that we have to understand is this. It doesn't matter how long you've been going to church. It doesn't matter how holy and spiritual you are. You are not stronger than the devil. It's something that we just have to learn and really understand is you cannot stand up to the devil yourself and think that you are going to win. We are not that strong. We are not that smart. The devil is stronger than you. The devil is smarter than you. We ourselves cannot win. But that's why we pray. And that's why we ask for deliverance. Now, there are four things we've got to keep in mind when we pray for deliverance. First one is, our prayers for deliverance must be consistent. Evil does not sleep, nor should our prayers. Jesus himself, on the night he was betrayed, he tells his disciples in Luke twenty-two forty-six, Why are you sleeping? He asked. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The reality of evil exists. Now, as I said, whether you choose to close your eyes to it or not doesn't mean that it disappears. You know, when, when kids play hide and seek, right, young kids, you tell them, go and hide, and they just cover their eyes. And because they can't see anything, they think that you can't see them, right? But you know what? Sometimes that's like us with evil. If I just close my eyes and not think about it, then maybe it doesn't exist. But the reality is it does exist, whether you believe it or not. Our prayers must be consistent and constant. We must never forget the reality of evil. Secondly, we've got to recognize our weakness and our vulnerability. Romans seven eighteen. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Friends, I don't care how good you think you are. I don't care. You might be one of those people, and I've had conversations with some of you, like, you know, there is good inside of humankind. You know, there's this, you know, you just have to dig deep into your soul. And I'm like, mm, you haven't had kids. Human, human beings in their inmost, deepest being, right, are limited they're weak. How many times have you, Steve, this is just me telling myself, how many times have you said you're going to go on a diet this week? Every week. Every week I'm going to go on the tomorrow diet. Start tomorrow. Or the Monday diet. Start Monday. Or the next year diet. Right? How many times, right? How many times have you really thought to yourself, you know what? I'm going to change. Shave my head, you know, I don't know, that's supposedly a mark in Korea when you make a big decision, right? You, you shave your head. I don't understand, right? But how many times have you, have you really sat there and go, you know what, I'm, I'm going to change my life. How, how many, and how many times has your life changed? Not many, if any, right? That's our reality, right? I'm not going to get angry at my kids <sighs> until you have kids, right? <laughs> that only works, right? I'm going to, I'm going to, oh, how's this one? I'm going to wake up and I'm going to read my Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God knows. Okay. God knows, right? We're, we, we are so weak. We're so not disciplined. We cannot fight even 
our own will, let alone fight the enemy. But you just got to know that. You just got to know that. That's your weakness. Right? Thirdly, we must understand that we're not alone in this fight. See, sometimes when we think about spiritual warfare, we think, oh, man, this is a lot, you know. Sometimes we think that, you know, this is too much for me to handle. But you've got to understand that that's actually the enemy. And one of the tools of the enemy, one of the tools of, of the devil uses against mankind is isolation. You're in this by yourself. Everyone else is holy. How come you're the only one struggling? Everyone else's lives okay. How come you're the only one sinning? The devil wants you to feel isolated and helpless, yet Scripture speaks otherwise. 1 Peter 5 verse 8 and 9. Be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. James 5.16, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. The reality is that we are weak, but also the reality is that God is strong and that we have the family of God, that we fight together, that we suffer together, that we go through this hardship together. And this is the importance of our faith family. Finally, in spiritual warfare, we've got to be committed to God's word. Psalm 119, 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Not only do we pray for deliverance, but we continue to soak ourselves and immerse ourselves in the word of God that gives us life. Friends, we have access to God's word that continues to shine light on what is the truth versus the weapons of the enemy which are based on lies. Friends, when we pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, we pray asking God to keep us aware of the spiritual battle that we are in, accepting our spiritual and supernatural reality that there is an evil one, not just out there in the world. It's not just evil in the world. But there is one that actually wants to see you fall. That wants to see the gap between you and God exist. There's one that's out there to try to destroy you. Our prayer is one of protection and deliverance from this. Now let me conclude today by reading Ephesians chapter 6. One of the most powerful passages around spiritual warfare. And I'm not going to do much more than just read it, but I just want the words of God to just be heard this morning. Verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. 
Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. In this world that we live in, we exist within the reality of a spiritual battle that exists, that is happening even here right now. And God says, pray. Pray. Pray for deliverance. Pray for protection. Pray for guidance. So what, whatever situation you may be in or you may face one day in your life, remember that we get to pray. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Let's pray.